Welcome to episode 19 of the Set the Tone podcast. I am your host, Tony. You can follow along on Twitter at setthetone underscore pod. Again, that is at setthetone underscore pod. Matt Ryan's an Indianapolis Colt. Tyreek Hill is now a Miami Dolphin. The St. Peter's Peacocks, who, what, a 15 seed in the Sweet 16. But first, Baker Mayfield on his way out of Cleveland. Deshaun Watson, come on down $230 million later, is now in Cleveland. Rather than me talk, we have someone else set the tone here. John Telich, of, formerly of Fox 8, recently retired. You can follow John on Twitter at JohnTelich8. That is at J-O-H-N-T-E-L-I-C-H-8 on Twitter. Let's get to the interview where John helps set the tone on all things Cleveland Browns. And then I have been in six 100-mile races, of which I've only finished one. Um, the other five occasions, I bombed out at like 70 miles or 65 or 80 miles due to um, – there are cutoffs. When you start an ultra marathon, it's all on the trail. So you're dealing with going down creeks and up creek beds and hills and dales and all that. And so every five miles or so, you go into a checkpoint. Now in the real hardcore ones out west where it's extremely hot, you not only go into a checkpoint, you step on a scale and they check to see if you haven't lost too much weight. Then you stay there and you get more hydrated or whatever. So in all of these, you have to come in better than a cutoff time. Otherwise they remove you from the course. So again, I've done six of these. I've finished one. That was actually 10 years ago. I just broke, uh, I was just 60 years old that, at that, at that time. And, or, or yeah, 59, 60. And um, I did it in like 29 hours and 20 minutes or so. You get 30 hours to do um, an ultra marathon, hundred miler. And they give you more time depending on how, extreme the terrain is. Now, if you're doing it in a real mountainous region, they'll give you maybe 36 hours or something to do. It just depends. And uh, so, yes, I've done those. And frank, frankly, getting into ultra marathons was just my latest obsession. I had done 25 years of just doing triathlons. So uh, to get around to your question, it's, it's, it's given me a lot of, um, a good way to kind of get rid of the stress in this business. I think I lasted, you know, 45 years as a TV sports guy, 42 in Cleveland, 41 in Cleveland. I think I lasted that many years because I did all these things to stay fit and to kind of uh, ward off some of that stress that kind of piles up on you and, and can, can uh, make a lot of people just kind of get out of the business too. So it's helped me a lot. And, and now crazy. that you, and now that you're retired, Time is yeah. freed up. I'm sure stress has gone away a little bit, but uh, the Cleveland sports scene has not slowed down. I think it's been a no. bit of a busy offseason as we now will see Baker Mayfield on his way out of Cleveland. Deshaun Watson is in. Let's start yes. with this. Where did it go wrong for the Browns and Baker Mayfield? Well, I think uh, first and foremost, the offense is set up for him to be successful in certain ways. And I think the league got on to, um, the limitations of his style. And uh, maybe if we can get deep into the weeds here, kind of like worrying about the, you know, the backside protection, sometimes he would roll out or he bootleg. And I think, I think the league got more savvy to what his limitations were. Um, 
a little bit of hubris on his part for how he conducted himself with um, the team, the coaching staff and what have you. Maybe that kind of piled up on him. But I think this past year, he really should not have played. Uh, once he got injured and it looked like it was uh, inhibiting his, his uh, ability to perform at a high level, I think the Browns should have sat him down. And when they didn't do that, that kind of set off a little bit of an alarm in my head, thinking if they really had this guy as the eight years from now dude, then they would have said, you're not playing. I don't care what you say, you're not playing because it's limiting the team, it's hurting you, you could re-injure yourself, all those types of things. I think they missed the boat on how they handled him in that way. And, um, and you know, one thing led to another, and here we are, uh, you know, Baker looking for a team. I liken that, and I think we're on the same page, I liken it to a boxing fighter MMA, a corner throwing in the towel and they're there to protect the fighter. In this case, Baker Mayfield, the Browns did not do that. Now, if we look at that as a systematic flaw or organizational flaw, the Browns, you can argue had not, have not had a quarterback as good as Baker Mayfield since Bernie Kosar. Why will they get it right with Deshaun Watson? Why should fans believe that they get it right with Deshaun Watson? Well, first of all, there's a ton of baggage coming into this, and I don't think we can uh, uh, not address what strengths this guy can bring to your football team once he gets on the field without addressing the, you know, 900-pound gorilla or the, you know, the the, uh, reason that he's in the news so much. Uh, I had a lot of reticence as to what they did. Didn't feel comfortable with it, Anthony, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I understand he's a clear... Um, upgrade from Baker. And I understand um, he's a three-time Pro Bowl quarterback and is one of, uh, let's just say top five for, for sake of argument, guys in the league. I totally understand that. But this has really angered a lot of people. And I know you can say if once he gets on the field and they start to win or they go to an AFC title game or, you know, that type of stuff will go away. And in some cases or in some extent, I think that's going to be true because we've seen history uh, with these types of situations before. I don't think we've seen a 22 women situation. This is quite uh, remarkable in its own right. So one hand of me is saying phenomenal upgrade. Uh, Stefanski can design the offense for a guy that has the ability, mobility, ability and mobility to get out and to make plays in the open more so than Baker did, has a very good arm, is a winning quarterback, all those types of things. Um, so I think it's obviously is, is an upgrade there. And the other downside of this and it, it is the extreme amount of guaranteed money that they gave him. They gave him $230 million, and that was 80-some million more than Aaron Rodgers got. And so what's going to happen? Are we going to find every player in the NFL saying, I want – five straight years. No, you know, I don't think you're going to see that kind of leverage to most of the players, the rank and final league, but the primo QBs, by the way, that's my dog downstairs, the primo quarterbacks, um, they are going to be able to, you know, the, 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 the top flight quarterbacks in the league, they're going to be able to command that kind of leverage in terms of guarantees. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be an awkward situation at the uh, the owners' meetings coming up in a few days with Haslam and company being down in West Palm and all the other owners 
um, probably giving him a second looks about all that guaranteed money that he gave uh, Deshaun Watson. But but what had happened, and you're also talking about less stress, Friday was, an inc- I know those days, you know, when I was working, those were car wash days. We joke about it at the station. That means you're on every show, you're doing hits left and right, you're doing radio stuff, you're you're on TV, you're writing scripts, rewriting, trying to find sound bites, calling sources, all that stuff. And those are highly stressful days that a lot of people don't like. I kind of fed off of those types of days uh, as a professional. But on Friday afternoon, as it was going on, I was it was kind of nice to be sitting here in my office at home, just kind of relaxed, knowing that, you know, obviously the story is not going to not happen because I'm not involved with it. It would go on its natural course. And I would uh, just kind of be Brown's uh, follower, if you will, and see what, why are they doing this? And, and what is the logic? And, and where, what are they going to do with Baker? He's owed $18.5 million this year. Are they going to have to eat that money to get him someplace else? A lot of ramifications about this. And uh, I, I clearly was shocked that once we knew initially that he was kind of off the board, I was shocked that all of a sudden, when it was announced, I think when Shefty had the tweet, I'm assuming he's he is the one that broke it. When Adam had that tweet, I naturally was doing what I didn't do early in the years of, of Twitter, wasn't checking the veracity of that account that came out with the, the tweet. But lo and behold, it, it, there, and here comes Rap Sheet, you know, his tweet, and here comes Pelissero and all the other insiders, and it actually has happened. I, I really have reservations. I think it's a great upgrade for the team, obviously, but uh, I have reservations of, about just the, the fallout, the damage as this goes forward, knowing that being cleared or not being indicted doesn't mean he's innocent, nor having pending civil cases does not mean he's guilty. You know, we're in that area there, and I think we have to let this play out. And uh, I don't know what the legal allow in terms of how they structured his contract to have it only a million dollars in 2022. What's, you know, uh, will the league just come out and, and uh, if he's trying to fight lawsuit after fight civil suit after civil suit, is that going to be too much of a thing where the league just says, um, settle with these individuals? Is that going to be an option? fight is Deshaun going to want to fight each and every one of these individual allegations by these women every case because he's got certainly has the money um to be able to you know have the lawyers work 24 7 a lot of ramifications on this and um and I certainly understand how so many people have been upset about the move a lot of people saying never again and all that type of stuff it's there it's absolutely there Anthony pull out your crystal ball in five years from now. How does this end? Does it end or is it the story just continuing? Well, uh, we've never had a Cleveland Browns quarterback last that long uh, since Bernie. Um, I know Couch was pretty close, but towards the end of his uh, tenure as the Browns quarterback, he was injured and Kelly Holcomb was on on the scene. But, you know, Bernie basically from 85 until 93 was – was the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns until uh, he was sacked by uh, uh, by Belichick. And so uh, things play out well. All this does go away. Yeah, he conceivably is the quarterback of the team. And I would think since uh, they gave so much money, all of it guaranteed to him, they're certainly not going to be the same team uh, 
with talent around him. We're already seeing that. I guess to even today, Tyree Kill is is going to look for a home elsewhere because, well, they paid $45 million to their quarterback and everybody sees that and people start to line up for, you know, give me some of that. So uh, it will be difficult for them to keep the gang together. But so far, the gang in the new era has only produced, you know, one playoff victory. So um, let's see how it plays out. But I, I would expect that that uh, Deshaun Watson will be the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns and they'll be fairly successful because he's a very good quarterback. And we have to now move Baker Mayfield out of town. Uh, I thought that if all things went well, we could have Mayfield Road renamed Baker Mayfield Road. Turns out that's not going to be the case. Progressive commercials will be taken off TV. He ingrained himself in the culture of Cleveland, I thought, pretty well. And it's a bummer that it turned so sour. Why has he not been moved uh, about five days later now from yeah. Cleveland? Are the Browns asking too much, or is it a stance that the rest of the league is taking? Does it speak more to Baker Mayfield? Yeah, there's been some speculation that other teams have seen kind of the, the stuff on the periphery with Baker, and maybe they're a little leery. But I just tend to think that in the case of the Colts, they think that uh, a veteran like um, Matty Ice is a better answer for them. I understand there might be a possibility of Seattle lets that play, let that play out his course. And I don't know if the guys in Berea are sitting back saying he's going to command this. They have to know in their heart of hearts that the market for Baker uh, and that $18.5 million he's owed this year uh, for a guy who's coming off the shoulder, all those types of things, was not going to be a slam, a dunk, slam dunk. So I would suspect he is they might have to help out the other team in some way financially and or picks to have him not on the team. They certainly don't want to cut him. Uh, He could end up in Pittsburgh. (laughs) It's very possible if they cut him. Um, I would think they'd find someone, but they're going to have to be more giving than taking in either the money aspect or the compensation aspect to get him. Uh, to a new home and let him start his his next uh, phase of his career. And I wish him nothing but the best. He he played his butt off as best he could. He gave all he had, and uh, he did help change the culture. He and Jarvis and Miles and Denzel and those guys, they helped change the culture to um, not the laughing stock of the National Football League uh, like they were for all those years, the one in 31, two seasons and that stuff. So he has to be credited with that. Uh, how he unopened those, how he opened those fridges on that one night, you know, for the beer, for the free beer. And uh, that's always going to be part of Cleveland Browns war. Uh, you haven't heard as many jokes about the uh, house, you know, the, the uh, uh, factory of sadness uh, versus how you always heard it uh, back when the Browns were the laughing stock. So he's certainly a part of that and it has to be credited for it. And you mentioned the city to the east, namely Pittsburgh. There is validity to if Baker Mayfield would be cut, the Steelers would have interest. You believe that because listening to other sources yesterday that some thought, well, could it be a clickbait article? But it seems that Mary Kay Cabot's pretty good in having accurate information and sources, especially around Cleveland. Yeah, well, in in Pittsburgh, I don't think it worked out for Dwayne Haskins. And so, you know, you still had Mason Rudolph lingering there when Big Ben was on his last legs. Obviously, he's gone. So you're left with uh, Mitch, Mason uh, and Haskins. And and obviously you put Baker Mayfield into that group. 
you upgrade that group, whether it's Baker as the starter, Mitch coming off the bench, uh, which I would assume would be the case if he went there. And again, this is all just speculation. So um, the Steelers uh, would not probably want to take him just because of that $18 million. Now, I can't imagine the Cleveland Browns not only gift wrapping Baker Mayfield by cutting him, being uh, and then he gets picked up by the Steelers, or have them paying part of his salary for him to be part of that team. So I think the I I think there's still some team out there that we're not aware of where he could end up and maybe in a fight for a job even as the backup quarterback to start the season. There's got to be another team that maybe's lying in the weeds that we're just not aware of at this moment. John, I want to end it with this. You had mentioned Cleveland once being the factory of sadness, or at least the (laughs) Cleveland Browns. The city, and I am a transplant to Cleveland. You have been here for most of your life. I love it, and I think there are great things. And obviously the world recognizes that the NFL draft has been here. We're supposed to have yep. NCAA tournament games that COVID got in the way of the MLB All-Star game, NBA All-Star game just recently. When someone comes and visits Cleveland, reaches out to you, where are yep. you telling them to go eat? What's the favorite <laughs> spot? What do, they, what do they have to check out that might not be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, first of all, people don't know that much about the orchestra that we have here in Cleveland. If you're just a sports fan, then you're always thinking about going to either Progressive Field, going to Rocket Mortgage to see those events in those facilities, or obviously going to First Energy to see the Browns. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a slam dunk, but go see um, the botanical gardens that we have here. Go to any one of the metro parks that we have in Northeast Ohio. I know every inch of all the trails and every one of them. Uh, Anthony, I've run every trail from Brecksville to Willoughby to South Chagrin to the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. We have we have a national park within 40 miles of Cleveland, Cuyahoga Valley National Park, that up until about four or five years ago was the seventh or eighth most visited national park in the country. That's right up there with the Yellowstones and all of those that we all hear about. We have those amenities. Uh, I mentioned Severance. The great restaurants. I'll give you a couple. My son was married three years ago, and we had the reception at a place in downtown uh, on the on the uh, West Bank of the Flats in Ohio City, right next to Town Hall. It's called Soho uh, Chicken and Whiskey. Fantastic place. One of the greatest feel-good places in the area. The Old Angle is a spot where if you're on West 25th in Ohio City, if you're a soccer fan, Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, great spot to be for all the fans of soccer across the pond, as it were, that come in and watch their games or wearing the regalia of their specific teams, whether it's Tottenham or Man City or whomever. It's a great hotbed there. Go to our, uh, our Metro Park Zoo. A very good zoo. All the exhibits are fantastic. It's a great place to stroll. You got little kids, put them in the stroller, all of those types of things. Cedar Point's not too far down the road. I've been there many times. I always ride on the fastest and greatest uh, roller coasters in the world. So there's tons of places. My daughter is actually uh, in the food industry, and she works at a place called Southside, which is in Tremont. Very uh, popular spot. You, there, there's just so many great places here in Northeast Ohio. And you don't necessarily have to go to East 4th Street to go to Mabel's where Michael Simon made his bones or part of making his bones. There's so many other spots that you can see 
in Northeast Ohio. And I think that's the beauty of it, the familiarity of it, how easy it is to get around. Now, I'm going downtown for the sports awards tonight um, at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, the cocktail hours at 5.30. And I know I can leave my house here in Euclid at like 5.15 and be there at 5.30 and not really have to worry about traffic even during so-called rush hour. And that's the beauty of our city. So I, I was just chatting last night. I did a uh, VIP event for the Sports Commission and the host this year of the show is Maria Taylor for from uh, NBC Sports, a wonderful, young, outstanding young broadcaster. She's only 34 and she's accomplished so much. And I was telling her all the same types of that I'm telling you right now uh, about places to go. Of course, she's only obviously flying in and doing the events and then we'll be going out. But uh, and she's been here. She was saying the same things. You know, she's done the she did the draft. She did all of the events. Uh, she was here for the NBA All-Star Games. She's been in Cleveland on numerous occasions, and she was of the same ilk, saying there's so many places that's, that are cool to visit, even though she was basically in the middle of her work, you know, uh, stressful time. And uh, that's what the city, I think, really has to offer. Just so many cool places to visit and check out. So anybody out there listening, give us a try. John can't thank you enough. Thank you for coming on, helping set the tone. We will have you to bet. do it again. My pleasure. Thanks again, Anthony. A wonderful, young, outstanding young broadcaster. She's only 34 and she's accomplished so much. And I was telling her all the same types of things that I'm telling you right now uh, about places to go. Of course, she's only obviously flying in and doing the events and then we'll be going out. But uh, and she's been here. She was saying the same things. You know, she's done the she did the draft. She did all of the events. Uh, she was here for the NBA All-Star Games. She's been in Cleveland on numerous occasions, and she was of the same ilk, saying there's so many places that's, that are cool to visit, even though she was basically in the middle of her work, you know, uh, stressful time. And uh, that's what the city, I think, really has to offer. Just so many cool places to visit and check out. So anybody out there listening, give us a try. John can't thank you enough. Thank you for coming on, helping set the tone. We will have you to bet. do it again. My pleasure. Thanks again, Anthony. Can't thank John enough for joining us. I hope you all enjoyed the first interview and first of many to come. As the interview wrapped, and you could hear John reference Tyreek Hill uh, wanting out of Kansas City, News broke that Tyreek Hill had been traded to the Miami Dolphins. Compensation includes a 2022 first, second, and fourth round pick, a 2023 fourth and sixth round pick. You have to love that move for the Miami Dolphins. They pair him with Devontae Parker, Miles Gaskin, Raheem Mostert, Mike Gusecki, and last but not least, Jalen Waddell. You can have an absolute track meet for the Miami Dolphins with Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill now running routes uh, for that team. Teron Armstead, Connor Williams helped beef up the offensive line. Excuse time over for Tua Tungabailoa. It's do, it's do or die. Right now, we will know, is Tua Tungabailoa a guy in the NFL? The tank for Tua, was it worth it? Falls to the number five pick. Is this the Tua Tungabailoa that we all expected? Time will tell, but you have to be, as a Miami Dolphins fan, hand up here, a fan of this move. Um, a four-year, $120 million extension on top of it for Tyreek Hill. They're ready to compete in the AFC that is stacked with 
Josh Allen in the AFC East. The Jets, I think, are building a sneaky good team and then a position to draft Evan Neal can have a good offensive line, throw him with Denzel Mims, Mitchell, uh, Michael Carter in the backfield could be fun. The Patriots will always be competitive, but then you have the AFC West, which is a quarterback stable. The AFC North, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, now Deshaun Watson, and we add Matt Ryan to the mix in the AFC South and taking the blueprint of the LA Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the veteran quarterback to a ready-to-win team, well, it's two for two the past two years. Can Matt Ryan make it three for three? He had a chance to win a Super Bowl, whether it was Kyle Shanahan throwing that off or Matt Ryan just not executing in the big spot. Doesn't have that ring. He's now chasing one in Indianapolis with a very good defense with some very good weapons on offense. And March Madness, we'll close it with this note, has been absolutely fantastic. And again, when you listen to this program, you've heard me talk about the chaos that the regular season has provided in college basketball this year. It's really been no different in the tournament, at least in the first two rounds of it. So the opening weekend, right, you get the big upset of St. Peter's beating Kentucky, but not only that, St. Peter's moves on past a Murray State team that had not lost since December. Iowa State-Miami, a an 11-10 matchup in the Sweet 16. Michigan has crawled from that first four game as an 11 seed into the Sweet 16. They get Villanova tomorrow. And a thought that I had while I was watching the Villanova-Ohio State game on Sunday, bear with me here. So Villanova is on the precipice of becoming the greatest free-throw shooting team based off percentage in the history of college basketball. And I think the actual threat of becoming historically good will carry more weight for them than actually being historically good. And what I mean by that is when we watch Big Big East Conference play with Villanova, the Big East teams that play them are pretty much going to play them how they would any other team or how they're coached to in this spot. And Villanova being such a good free throw shooting team, obviously their free throw shooting percentage is going to go up. But when it comes tournament time, I think the big weapon here in these non-conference games, and we'll see how it plays with Michigan, but I felt this a little bit with Ohio State, and then potentially we'll see how it plays with Arizona, is the threat of Villanova being so good at the line is what I think will hold a Michigan team back in what I thought held Ohio State back in some spots, although they came back and fought into the game, but teams being afraid to foul Villanova because at this point, a team over 82% shooting from the line, well, it's nearly guaranteed points. So you obviously do not want to put the ball in their hands at the charity stripe. And that's where I want to see how does Juwan Howard have his team play? Are they going to be aggressive? Are they going to take chances on defense? Because we know Villanova moves the ball very, very well. They do a very good job finding the extra pass. Can Michigan clamp down on that? If they don't, will Arizona adjust? And that's what's going to be interesting on a short week as well, just a couple days later where they would play on Saturday if we get to that matchup. I mean, listen, nothing here is a guarantee. We saw Arizona with 12 seconds left, tie it up to get into overtime and beat a Jamie Dixon-led TCU team. 
It's going to be fun. We thank you for joining us this week on the Set the Tone podcast. John Tellich with a great spot. Cannot thank him enough. We will do it all again next week here on Set the Tone.